Parsha Pinchas, I think it's just a you know, personal comment that uh, unfortunately the Parsha of Pinchas suddenly became very relevant because uh, what's called in English zealotry uh, seems to uh, be the order of the day here in Eretz Israel, and to my mind uh, presents a very serious a serious problem a problem on the practical level and a problem on the educational level I mean what is it uh, that we're supposed to teach the next generation about this question about zealotry uh, so let's learn a few psukim and then we'll try to understand uh, the psukim so we learned it with Rashi. You know, Rashi is very careful, a very careful reader. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Kohen, Eshivet Chamati. Chamati is anger. God says, He quieted my anger. He Pinchas quieted my anger. That itself is a, is a remarkable thing. Mial bnei Yisrael bekanoet kinati b'tochan. He was a mikane. He was a zealot. Uh, what was the zealotry of Pinchas ben Elazar? He did not await due process. It was he decided that these two people, Zimri and Kazbi, who were transgressing, obviously, in public, uh, an obvious uh, transgression, Boel et Aramit. He had relations with this non-Jewish woman, and he saw he saw that since uh, we were talking about Anasi, um, uh, one of the people, one of the more important people of Am Yisrael, the Nasi, the prince of the tribe of Shimon, he decided that if you let this happen, you let this go on the whole nation would be corrupted and so what he did was what he did was he killed them now we don't think of things in that way but we think usually that we have an obligation to bring the perpetrators to trial to establish the facts to determine the punishment there's a process so kanaut Kanaut zealotry means avoiding the process. Uh, I take the what, what they, what, how do we say it? Uh, like in the West, you take the law into your own hands, right? Uh, you remember in the the olden times. I mean, you remember, of course. I don't remember, but you remember those wanted posters in the saloons in the West, dead or alive? Maybe dead or alive. It, it was if he's dead that he's obviously not going to be brought to trial but that was the choice of the bounty hunter whichever way whichever we're happy we the people who print this uh, announcement so Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron HaKohen was a zealot he executed punishment on the spot he did not wait for the court to determine the future of Zimri and Cosby. That's what I mean. There are people today, people today on both sides of the fence, of this fence that we've erected for ourselves, who are willing to act in this way. Unfortunately, we can no longer say that it's uh, something that describes the other and not the us but it also describes us to a certain point he settled my anger so the Pesach says that God says that Pinchas actually saved the people by doing this by acting in this way he Pinchas saved the Jewish people from destruction so you would think that sounds like it's pretty positive I mean you say here Pilchus he did it but God approved of it and God even said that 
the anger that uh, God had for B'nai Yisrael because of what was going on because with these Midianite women it was somehow assuaged so he says Lo kiliti et B'nai Yisrael bekinati okay those are the two psukim the first two psukim let's look at the Rashi Pilchaz ben Elazar ben Aron HaKohen Nivisha Yoshvatim Mevazim Oto in other words the question is why is Pilchaz given this honor of being noted he, his father, his grandfather I mean that's really very so he says, the Rashi says quotes the Midrash that says Ashvatim the different tribes were insulting to him it's like you say oh Pinchas he thinks he's such a great person he thinks he can decide all of these things on his own who is he after all? His grandfather used to fatten uh, the calves for idolatry. The Haragnes see Shevet be Yisrael that he, the grandson, comes and kills the sea of Shevet Yisrael. So I, I don't know exactly what the Medrash is referring to, but I understand that I understand that even the zealot, even the zealot who seems to be doing it for the benefit of Bnei Yisrael could be criticized by others. So who is this guy who goes around and kills, uh, kills a prince of, of Israel? What are the other princes to say? You know, they also, it's like, like in Israel, you know, they arrest one Rosh Ir, you know, one mayor, and then they make a list of all the others that are about to be, about to be uh, arrested. So here they, they came out against, they took a stand against Pinchas, so, so the the pasuk the pasuk kind of says no 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 he's an important person he is an important person he comes from Aaron Hakohen he doesn't just come from Putin the Kanoet Kinati the second Rashi he he uh, he was the one who uh, who was the zealot the Katsfo et Aketzef. Shayali Liktsov. He, he somehow dampened the anger that I should have had. That that's what kinah means. Kinah means that you come to to uh, to take advantage to do something. Now pasuk yud bet. So we we would understand, even with Rashi, that this thing that Pinchas did. Was, was positive. He saved the Jewish people. He took a stand in favor of God. He was uh, like, uh, even though there was some opposition to him amongst, uh, amongst the Jews, I mean, always, that's always the case. But God defends Pinchas as being a person of significance. And even though the people said, you know, his grandfather worked for the idolaters, it kind of means, you know, it's like you say, uh, like the the in the uh, almost the Rabbi Nosson, I think it says uh, you know you know that famous the comment I, wanna, I see a doctor so I don't want in in other words if you if you spend your life like let's say you you butcher animals it's also another category there like you, you sort of get it gets easier every time you cut some animal open even though in the beginning you might have found it to be kind of off-putting you know but after a while it's easy you cut it open blood comes gushing out everything's fine the same thing was uh, Chazal said about doctors you know like if doctors they they operate on people you know like they cut you open pull you apart so that you become uh, it, it becomes easier to do that because he said, I, I don't think that that's true today. I mean, I think that, well, I don't know. I don't really have anything to say about that. But that's what, but that's what, that's what the, the that, that's what Chazal noted. You know, the olden times doctors were very into letting blood flow out of people. Like that was going to cure all kinds of things. Bloodletting. Today, uh, I don't think they do that, but they often cut you apart and so there's got to be a little blood there someplace so nevertheless I think it's a positive thing 
Pasuk Yud Bet Lachenim Mohedinino Tedlo Et Briti Shalom. Now I don't want this pasuk has been there every year, right? Every year you read the parasha, it's always there. Hedinino Tedlo Et Briti Shalom. Briti Briti is a covenant. Shalom is peace. Hedinino Tedlo. God says, I'm giving him Pinchas a covenant of peace. I don't get a clue. What do you mean a covenant of peace? Pinchas, he's distinguished from everybody else but this is supposed to be an indication that Pinchas is found favor in God's eyes I don't know what this, what this is what's Briti Shalom so we, we go to Rashi and Rashi says Ed Briti Shalom Shetelo Lebrit Shalom Kadam HaMachzik Tova you know, if somebody did you a favor, so you you want to do him a favor. You want to be you want to respond. So that's briti shalom. Afkan Okay, Rashi is not helpful. I still don't know what it means. Pirish lo hakadosh baruch He he. Uh, uh, spreads out upon Pinchas his peacefulness. We know that the last bracha in the Shemona Esrei is called Shalom. Right? Hamavarechet Amo Yisrael Bashalom. Blesses Bnei Yisrael with peace. Sim Shalom Tova Uvracha Chain Vachesed Verachamim Vachayim. It, it was like what happened to the shalom got mixed up with all these words does everybody know what those words mean if you think you do don't say it so that's briti shalom pasuk yud gimel v'ayta lo v'zaro acharav brit kuhunat olav tachat asher kidei leilo kav v'yichapel v'nei yisrael again the same story like l'chein emor so now that I said it to you you say it to them to the rest of the people, in the Ninotain law, Brit Kunat Olam. In other words, Brit Shalom equals Brit Kunat Olam. I mean, after all, as all the Rishonim ask, Pinchas was in the family. So, of course, he was a Kohen. What does Brit Kunat Olam mean? What did he get that was so special? Again, again the same story. Ed Briti Shalom, Pasuk Yud Bet, no, Pasuk Yud Gimel, Vaitalo, Briti Zot, Brit Kunat Olam, Sha'avo Bishikvar, Nitna, Tuhuna Lezar, Oshel Aharon, Lo Nitna, Ela La Aharon Ulvanav, Shinim Shechu Imo, Uletol Dotehem, Shilido Achei Am Shachatam. Aval Pinchas, or Rashi is telling us a story. He says, he says, it's not true, Rashi says, that everybody in the family of Aaron automatically was, a, was part of this family of Kohanim. But who was a Kohen? Whoever was around at the time that the anointment of the Kohanim took place. So who was anointed? Uh, Aaron, HaKohen, his children. Everybody above a certain age, apparently, and somebody who could do avodah in the, the Beit Hamikdash, and whoever was not anointed was not considered to be a kohen. So Rashi tells us, Rashi, look again. You know, the, the descendants of Aaron were This was only given to Aaron and his sons, right? Nimshechu imo uletoldotehem. Uletoldotehem. And we know that. It was just a different kind of mishicha. Usually the mishicha was only a mishicha for the Kohen Gadol. The anointing with Shemen was an anointing of the Kohen Gadol. And the halacha is that every new Kohen Gadol also has to be anointed. However, a melech, a melech ben melech, doesn't have to be anointed. Does it make sense? So the Gemara says, this is what the Gemara says, so Aaron Cohen was anointed. 
right? But whoever came after Aaron Akohen also had to be anointed forever and ever. The Kohen Gadol had to be anointed. You had to put, somehow you put the oil on his head. I don't know how. The Gemara says there are two ways. Either you did it like this, so smeared it around, or you smeared it, the Gemara says, like a chi, like a Greek chi, which looks like an X. A Greek chi, the Gemara says chi, <laughs> it looks like it looks like an X, like a like a, 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 a an English X. So either you anointed him this way, or you anointed him this way. But in any case, in any case, the halacha is that a kohen, a new kohen gadol, has to be anointed. A new king does not have to be anointed if he's the son of a former king. So what are we talking about here in this Rashi? It's not so clear. He says at the time that Aaron Akoin was anointed, at the time that Aaron Akoin was anointed to be the Kohen Gadol, everybody in his family was also anointed to be a Kohen. But, uh, so what happened to Pinchas? So Pinchas either wasn't born or wasn't around or he was too young, but according to Rashi, he was not anointed at that time. So he says, uh, he says, "Avol pinchas shenolat kodem mechayim velo nimshach lo ba lechal kuna atkan." So for some reason, some reason pinchas was excluded from kuna. He was not anointed, and he became a kohen now at this time. So when the pasuk says, "Vaita lozar acharav brit kunat olam," that means he was excluded, and now he's going to be included. That's what Rashi says. This is in the Gemara. That Pinchas was not really a Kohen until until he killed Zimri. Now, now, so again, I, I say it's a little hard to understand because who gets anointed? Which Kohen gets anointed? Only the Kohen Gadol. The Kohen Gadol gets anointed. But apparently in the first generation, all the Kohanim were anointed at that time. All the ones who became Kohanim were anointed at that time. So if I read this parasha, if I read this parasha, we, 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 sort of, we have one more pasuk. Sheim ish Yisrael abokeh, sheim kaat abidyanit, zimri, ben saluna si beit av l'shimoni. And of course, the question that uh, that all the commentators will ask is why this summary? We know their names on the end of the previous paragraph. Okay, uh, okay. So now I would like to I'd like to look into this to, to what what the Pinchas did and why Pinchas needed to be rewarded, and why his reward was whatever it was. Uh, but most first, what did he do? What did, so I just want to remind you that there's a, uh, a Mishnah Masechet Avot, which may have some bearing on what we are learning, but we'll have to find out. Rabbi Eliezer Kapar Omer, now, kinah is jealousy. Now, there's some kind of relationship between the word jealous, like, you know, jealousy doesn't seem to be such a violent state, and zealotry, right? There's, it's the same word in Hebrew. It's the same word in Hebrew. The Rambam, the Rambam says, you see this commentary of the Rambam? The Rambam says... This is like, you know, in Yeshivot, this is what the Mashgiach always talks about. Kina, jealousy, ta'ava, desire, avata kavod, you know, people like to get honored. This is of such importance, the Rambam says, that if you don't control these particular features of personality, you lose you lose religion. And a person who is consumed by kino, by jealousy, will not be able to uh, 
his seichel, his intelligence will not develop, and his midot will not develop. That's what uh, I just want you to remember that. We'll keep that. We'll keep that in mind. Now, uh, in in order to to solve this problem or to get a hold on it, I'd like to learn uh, with you two comments that are made. Uh, one is by the Nitziv, the Nitziv Daftali Tzvi Yehuda Berlin, who you remember was the last Rosh Yeshiva of Volodya. And of course related to the Soloveitchiks, you know, naturally. And um, he wrote a very um, interesting commentary on the entire Torah uh, called Ha'amek Dabar. And in that commentary, there's like, there's a commentary on the commentary, sort of called Archev Dabar, where he says, now that I've told you what the Pasuk means, I, I want to talk about something that's related. So that's Archev Dabar. This section that, that is here on the sheet has both commentaries in it, but we're only going to look at the, at the Hamek Dabar. And we're not going to look at the Archev Dabar today, but it's printed here. It's got a different typeface, so you'll be able to see. So you remember the story in Breshit. You remember that Yaakov Avinu made a deal with Shem and Chamor. Shem ben Chamor, right? They wanted Dina. So he made a deal. He made a deal. Okay, we'll have a Shidduch. But you have to, to a certain extent, join us. And what was the demand that Yaakov made? That they would all all become circumcised. All the people in Shechem, the, the nation of Shechem, would circumcise, be circumcised, and in that way, it would not be such a, uh, an embarrassment for Dina to marry into that family of non-Jews. Okay, I mean, I don't know that this is a solution that a lot of people would opt for today, but... Uh, so the Pasuk says, On the third day, You know that uh, there is this idea that after the, on the third day after the circumcision, the pain is the worst, right? That's when the, the pain is, is really terrible. They were in pain. So Shimon Levi, right? The two Dina's brothers, Reuven Shimon Levi, right? Reuven Shimon Levi, Dina's two older brothers, Ache Dina, Ishcharbo. Each one took their sword. Vayavo al ha'ir betach, vayargu kol zachar. So there you have an act of zealotry. Like, what exactly were they doing? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it's hard to define exactly what Shimon and Levi were doing halachically. I mean, that's always the, our interest. We want to know, like, what, what were they doing? Were they doing the right thing? Were they doing the wrong thing? So you know that Yaakov Avinu chastised them and said, what you do? You know, you get us into trouble. All the nations in the area will hear that we did this, and 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 they'll make life very difficult for us. But Yaakov Avinu further mentioned it in the blessing that he gave to his children before he died. So if you turn the page over, there's another pasuk, right? Where Yaakov Avinu in the bracha, right? First he said, and the first bracha was to Reuven. Then to Shimon Levi, he gave a bracha together. They're the only two tribes that were blessed by or blessed by or discussed by Yaakov Avinu together at the same time. So he says Shimon Levi Achim, their brothers, which seems to be kind of silly. Of course, we know that they're brothers, but he meant, I guess, brothers of an in an idea. Uh, uh, partners, like partners, even though it says Achim, Shimon Levi Achim, 
and Klei Hamas Bechayroteihem. So the, the, the word Bechayroteihem is a difficult word, but Klei Hamas, Hamas is, is weapons of destruction. It's their, their idea. Like, that's their idea. You go and you have a problem, you go and you destroy it. So that seems to be quite critical. Quite critical of Shimon Velevi. So let's turn the page back and see what the Nitziv, what the Nitziv helps us with. You remember the Pasuk says, Shnei B'nei Yaakov. That's what they call the two brothers of Yaakov, Shimon Velevi, who are going to go and kill all the people in, in Shechem. Tevat Shnei Miyutah. He says, well, we have to say Shnei. Everybody knows you can't. Shimon Velevi. You have to say the, the two brothers. You say Shimon Velevi. Everybody wants to count them. Should be able to do so. But it doesn't say Shnei. I mean, this is the Nitziv. The Nitziv is good at language. He's good at like seeing a different structure. One pasuk, another pasuk. It's just like Rashi is good at it. But the Nitziv was even better at it because Rashi did what he did. So, so the Nitziv had to like sort of find new things to talk about it and he was good but you see the, what he says it's extra it doesn't say shnei. it doesn't say shnei. you count them there were two of them so why does the word shnei appear here even though they were both together Echad Right? They wanted to darken the city and, and everything in it They were also partners in this very dangerous act of, of going to kill all the people in Shechem so this is the Nitziv the is saying this he says even though they were together there was something about which they were not together he's going to say in any event there were two of them meaning you can't put them into a category you can't just say Shimon Levi did it as though there's no difference but when you say Shnei when you say Shnei B'nei Yaakov you mean each one of them maintained a separate identity they weren't the same they were doing the same thing but they were not the same person how so? how so? they were different in the way they thought about what they were doing what he calls setting this this great fire right this way going to kill everybody in in Shechem one acted like a regular person and he wanted to protect defend the honor of his father's home right you know people there are people like that I think and he brought this fire with him which is an Eish this is not the way he's supposed to act it's just, you think somebody insulted your father so you don't kill him one of them and the other one came to protect God. They say, how can this Shechem and Chamor, how can they do this to the people of God? How could they be insulting to, to HaKadosh Baruch to take Dina out of the fold? So one of the brothers, one of the brothers was reacting like a regular person in those days. He wanted to kill the people who insulted his father, who didn't let the father do what he wished to do. The other one was was uh, uh, was the one who was protecting God. 
יש להיזהר הרבה לכוון המקום והזמן. It says, and even if what burns within you is the fire of protecting God, but you're, you're like, for God? This reminds us, of course, of Pinchas. You have to remember that it's very dangerous because it's a fire, and fires get out of control. I mean, it's okay, you know, it's not like, uh, it's not like uh, you can stop or you could change things when you light the fire. The fire has a mind of its own, as we know, those of us who learned Baba Kama. So we know that the fire has a mind of its own. Echad ba bedaat enoshi. I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong line. We call Makom Eishin, say, Gamge Yeshi Zayabay, the Chavena Makom Vazman. And if you're not able to keep it under control, this fire that you're lighting, it's going to destroy a lot. You know, gonna, so everybody can imagine what it's People go around and you kill many, many other people for God, for the sake of God. But, but you know, it makes you like one of those doctors who cuts people up all the time, so it gets easier and easier and easier, and that's a kill cool, that's a problem. That's a problem. So if I would, if I would take the, if I take it to, uh, uh, over to Pinchas, I mean, Pinchas killed them. Now, of course, he was doing the right thing, he knew he was doing the right thing, but what did they say about Pinchas? They said he's a killer. His father and grandfather's father, grandfather fattened the calves for, for idolatry. It's like in the genes. It's in the, in its genetic makeup, the DNA, whatever that is. It's in his DNA. I mean, he just likes to kill people. That's why he did it. He did, I'm saying, yes, it's true that he said he did it for the good of Am Yisrael. But not everybody can do that. Then they could just take a spear and stick it into people, other people, and watch them die. So they said about Pinchas, they said about Pinchas, you know, okay, he did it. It was a good thing that he did it. But he could do it. He was the type. He was in the, you know, those movies. You, you, those movies where the assassins are good guys. But not everybody could be an assassin. It's not, it's not true. It's not true that anybody could have done what Pinchas did. So Chazal perceived that there must have been an annoyance with, 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 with Pinchas. Who does he think he is? Or what does he think he's doing? Okay, it's true. They deserve to be killed. But look at the guy who killed him. Why should we give honor to that, to Pinchas? I mean, he's, after all, he's a killer. He's a killer. He's capable of doing that. You have to be very careful when the fire of zealotry burns within you because it's uncontrolled to some extent. And Yaakov Avinu, when he spoke about his children, Shimon Velevi, perish he expresses this idea. Because in Vayechi, what did Yaakov Avinu say? We saw the Pesach. Shimon Levi Achim means they're together. Because even though, even though what may have underlined their, their, their interest in doing what they were doing was like a little bit different. A little different. One of them wanted to protect the honor of his father. The other one wanted to protect the honor of God. But, but they were both creating this uncontrollable situation of zealotry. So when Yaakov Avinu refers, when the Torah refers to the two brothers who went to kill the people in Shechem, it said Shnei, right? Shnei b'nei Yaakov. Indicating that they, they weren't the same. They were different. You could count them. You could see the distinction. It wasn't just two 
two times one. But it was two. One plus one. But, he, but, but Yaakov Avinu, when he spoke about them in Parsha Vayechi, Shimon the Levi Achim, they're the same. Because even if they would come and argue, what one would say, I did it for God. Okay. But zealotry? Zealotry is a fire that is hard to put out. And therefore we understand why Chazal, why Chazal said that they came and they fought against Pinchas and they said, we don't want Pinchas. He's got a genetic aberration. Right? He's, he's a murderer. He's a murderer. Okay, he did it for us. But still he did it. He did it. And that's why the, the, the Avastor Abinos says, Tov Sheberothim Harod. That, that, that the, the, if you cut things in, you cut people up a lot, you can get into it. Right? It gets easier and easier. I don't mean it doesn't get better and better. But sometimes you lose a, a kind of sensitivity even though what you're doing is trying to protect human life I mean again I'm just trying to say Pshat Chazal I'm not trying to say that that's how it is so he says he goes on and he says Yaakov I'm on the one, two, three, four the fourth wide line Yaakov Avinu Pirish Betoch Ratosh Teha Deot Sheyabazeh Velo Hiskim Gam that's the end you see what comes after is a different typeface that's the Harchev Davar which we're not going to learn but you know everybody wants to learn and can learn so you see that 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 the the Nitziv takes an interesting stand on zealotry and he says zealotry of any kind is not acceptable it's not acceptable because zealotry is not controllable it's not just that you're doing something it's not just that you have a rationale but you could say you could say like like uh, uh, there are no checks and balances to zealotry right as bad as the system as bad as the system sometimes appears to be the systems that we use it for democracy or, but there is a certain amount of checks and balances a certain amount of a rational thinking that has to go into the decision-making process which we think is good. Now the zealots, they, they also have a ta'ana. They have a ta'ana, whatever the ta'ana. They have an argument. But zealotry itself is uncontrollable. It has no, has no bounds. It has no checks and balances. So you live in a world where the people who killed those three boys are from Omer they can defend themselves for their, in their own heads. They understand that they did the right thing. And then the people who killed that, that, that poor Arab uh, boy, they also can defend themselves. Zealotry is always defensible. But the Nitziv says that zealotry is not always a good thing. Now, if you look at the other, the Nitziv on the, the back of the page, Shimon Velevi Achim, remember, doesn't say Shnei, Shimon Velevi the Nitziv explains it interestingly enough that Yaakov Avinu didn't distinguish. He said, I don't care. I don't care who was better and who was worse, who had this idea, who had that idea. It was an unacceptable position because it's a fire that cannot be controlled. That's the Nitziv. That's the Nitziv. Obviously, Yaakov Avinu did not mean to tell us that Shimon Levi were brothers. I mean, you know, that they were born brothers. Of course, they were. Of course, that's true. But he said there was something about their nature, Teva, nature. Right, or their gene pool, which made them more similar to each other than to the other brothers, or to the other children of Yaakov, of Peirush, Klei Hamas Vecheroteim. And the meaning of Klei Hamas Vecheroteim, Shalom Nachshov, Shenishtavu Shimon Velevi, Bikoldavar. It's not true that they were the same in everything, but they were the same in Klei Hamas, in zealotry. In that matter, they were the same. 
לוטיין אלא בזה נשתבו שקרי מחשבותיהם ורצונם לפועל. They were only in this area where they were saved. Who was Hamas? Only the only in this use of of the weapons of zealotry were they were they similar to each other. Amnam lo amasha nishtavu b'machshevoteh v'ritzonam. But Yaakov Avinu never said that they were the same in the way they thought about things or the things that they wanted. Right? Certainly not. He says, after all, I've already explained to you that when it came to the zealotry of Shechem, going up and killing the people in the city of Shechem, they weren't the same. Even about that, they weren't the same. It was only about the Klei Hamas that they were the same, that they took the weapons of destruction and they were willing to destroy the, they were willing to destroy the, the, the city. And he says it's exactly the same. Pinchas, the Maaseh Zimri, what did he want to do? He wanted to save the Jewish people. What was he zealous about? The honor of God. But it's exactly the same. If Yaakov Avina was asked, what about Pinchas? What about Pinchas? He would have said, dangerous. I don't know what Pinchas says, but if he could do such a thing, it's problematic. So uh, the Netziv makes an absolute connection between what happened with Shimon the Levi and what happened also with Pinchas. Now, what I'd like to do is learn at least some of uh, this next section, which is from the Shem Shmuel. The Shem Shmuel is a, uh, the son of the Sachachover, right? The Sachachover. His name was, uh, uh, he wrote a sefer of halacha, usually he's referred to, the Avnei Nezer. The Avnei Nezer, Shelotu Chuvot Avnei Nezer. Another book on, on, on the Melachot of Shabbat called Eg Tal. But he was a Hasidish Rebbe and he had a son. His son's name was Shmuel, who wrote up uh, a commentary, who basically used to say Drashot on uh, Pashat Shavuah, most of which probably came from his father. His father was a very poor writer, he didn't like to write. So the son wrote all these books. But they all come from the, the father, Shemi Shmuel, I guess a little bit more from the son than the halachic works. Right? Sochachov. There's a shtibul, a Sochachov shtibul by Begad, for those of you who are interested in things like that. Okay? We'll, we'll do it a little bit, right? Because we don't have so much time. The Natinach. So he says, he says, I don't understand. If all of the Kohanim would have been anointed after Pinchas killed Zimri, so okay, so Pinchas will also be anointed because uh, for some reason he deserved it. But they weren't anointed, they were anointed long, long before. So what happened that suddenly Pinchas deserves to be anointed? That's his question. Rashi doesn't answer that question. Rashi just says, he wasn't anointed because of blah blah blah. So he's anointed now. But he doesn't tell us why he deserved to be anointed. What does what, what he did have to do with being anointed? So he says, I'm on the third line. Rashi. They wanted to put him into Khairan. Remember Rashi? They said his father, his grandfather was Puti. So this is from a Yushalmi that he quotes. Rasulullah Alav. Ruach HaKodesh Ba'amra 
It's only, it's only God saved him. And they were ready to kill Pinchas, according to the Gemara. He's ready to kill Pinchas, and God saves him. Literally. If the people, if the people then at that time had studied the Torah with Moshe Rabbeinu, so he must have told them the halacha. What's the halacha? The Gemara says that it's the halacha below the ma'isa. We don't do that, but that's the halacha. That's the pure halacha. So what do they have against poor Pinchas? Here, the Shemi Shmuel asks. He says, So if they didn't learn that halacha, they didn't know that Kanan Pogimbo, so what should they have done? Due process. Maybe they wanted to put him to Chaim, they should have brought him to the Besdin. And the Besdin, they say, here's Pinchas, he killed these guys, what are we going to do? The Besdin will decide. This is the shame, this shame in Shmuel is asking this question. He doesn't say the, he doesn't say the Gemara. How could the Gemara say that the people who opposed the Pilchas and they wanted to put the Chayim? What do you put him to Chayim? If they knew the Halacha, so he just lived with the Halacha. But it wasn't written in the Torah. Right? It was Halacha Lamosha Messina. It wasn't written in the Torah. If they didn't know the Halacha, and they thought that Pilchas did something wrong, so they should have brought him to the Beitin, whether they're taking law into their own hands, that's just what Pilchas did. It's crazy. He says they go to the court and they say, look, if if somebody ate something trafe, chaler, fat, trafe fat, right? And uh, so what, you're going to kill him? I mean, whoever heard of such a thing? What, 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 so, so Zimri did something forbidden. So take him and bring him to court. And bring him to court. Uh, so he says, That's his father. That's his father. So he says, I'm going to call my father on this matter. What did my father say? This is what it says in the Gemara. Right? The Gemara says this. Tamar, remember Tamar? Tamar, Yehuda, you remember that story? So in Kita Gimel, you skipped it. But by now, you must have seen it. Alright, so, so her children, her children became, became Malachim. That's what the, uh, what the Gemara says. Her children became Malachim, Unaviyim. Zimri, Zimri did this terrible thing. And there go, you know, cover about Yisrael. Tens of thousands of Jews died as a result of what was going on. And Zimri was the was the worst perpetrator. He midishvu chazals nutamar lishnut Zimri shmamino. So he says, since listen to this, since Chazal made this comparison, comparison between between Tamar, right, who 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 slept with her father-in-law. And Zimri made some kind of comparison. Shmamina, Kemoshe Kavanat Tomar Aita L'Shem Shamayim, Kach Kavanat Zimri. So he says, my conclusion is, listen to this one. This is the Sochachov Rabbi Lushas. You know, if you ask a guy in Yeshiva, he wouldn't be able to believe that he was a Hasidic Rebbe. You know, these Yeshivas, they don't, they have uh, sort of like a a powerful opinion of Chassidish Rebbeim. But there's no doubt that he was a Chassidish Rebbeim. He says, Shmami no. Kamosh Shekavonat Tamar Aitah L'Shem Shamayim 
know, so I thought somehow the children turned out to be so good because our Kavanah was the same Shemaim. In other words, her husband died, her second husband died. She wanted to have children. She thought it was important for her to have children connected to the family of her husband number one and husband number two. And finally, she had children with her father in law. So she says, she, but, but it was L'Shem Shemaim. So Zibri must have also been L'Shem Shemaim. What's the comparison? Where are we comparing? This the Shemi Shmuel says. I mean, the, the Sochachovah says. Kei Kavanat Zibri. After Rashi, Lo Pirish Kain, even though Rashi doesn't think that this is true. That's all he said. That's the quote from the Sochachovah. That's what the Sagat Shabbat. The Yeshlo Sif Bazed Varim Shetaut Zimri Aita Bekazbi. Shesh Hashab Shekvad Lichnaale Kedusha. Ukhinyan Shechazal. Came Berachaba Zona. He says, he says, it must be that Zimri made the mistake. It was Zimri. It, it, it's, it's like, you have to think about it. Think about this. Imagine that there was this um, this conflict between Am Yisrael and the Midianite women, right? Or the Midianite women representing idolatry, and Am Yisrael representing God. So the result of the encounter between these two groups of people could have been either that the Bnei Yisrael become idolatrous. Or that the Midianite women say, "Hey, you know, let's be let's be Jews. Let's be like the Jews. Let's accept the standard of of kedusha." So that that the Shemesh says it must be. I mean, how can you compare Tamar and Zimri? How can you compare that? Put them in the same sentence. So it says Tamar, she did it the Shem Shamai. Because she wanted to have children. She thought that it was important to have children from the family of Yehuda. And it turned out that she was right. Zimri thought that he had convinced this Midianite woman, Cosby, to accept his standard, to be like him. So that must have been his mistake. He made that, he made that mistake. So he says that it's the same as, where is that air? The Gemara Megillah. Remember Rachav Hazona? The two, the two um, spies were sent by Yoshua to spy out Yericho. And who did they meet there? Rachav. And it says clearly that that was a business. She was a Zona. Doesn't mean that she did whatever Zona. It means she had this business. She was in this house. She was, there was a, like a neon sign that lit up and said, Rachav Hazona. And so they met her. They met her there. The Gaira, the Nasba Yoshua. That she was Mitgayer. Mitgayer. She converted and married Yoshua Binun. In, uh, in other words, the encounter, the encounter of Kidusha and Tuma, it's not true that Tuma always wins. Sometimes Kedusha wins. So you see that, that Rachav Azonah, her encounter with the spies, with the spies brought her close to B'nai Yisrael, and uh, uh, she was able, she was able after Giyur, after her conversion, to marry Yehoshua. After Okay, Haita Lilita Klipa, Kimo Kane Hashav al Kosbi. Kimo Kane Hashav al Kosbi. So Zimri thought that Kosbi was with him, and not that he was with her. Shechashav, Shekvar Nichnaalik Dusha. He thought that she had given into Kedusha, Kinyan, Shamu Chazal, etc. I'm sorry, I went back a line. Uh, well, I want to I want to skip this thing from the Zohar, which would just confuse us, uh, and go down. The line beginning with the words "et abayit, et abayit 
at the end of that line or the middle of that line he was going to do this of living with this of having sexual relations with this non-Jewish woman but for the sake of God he Zimri was caught in this in this terrible situation we know that that's the aloha. If somebody's Mechal Shabbos, it doesn't matter to me if he thought he was improving the world. He's Mechal Shabbos. That's why, that's how you judge him. I can't, I can't judge every aspect of the personality and the person at the same time. Uh, etc. Um, again, Aval Bazer, two last two words on the a few lines down. Aval Bazer, Shemedina Eina Mechuyav, Mita, Rat Mishir Otsele Kanot Kinata Shemsvaot, Ayam Mutalo Largo, Bazer Yeshva Komlo Masha Meachash Kavanat, Oseha Maaseh, I tell the Shem Shamayim, Shuvo Shayach Lekana Utbo. If it's true that Zimri did it to Shem Shabbat, he thought he was doing something good, even though he was doing something bad. In such a case, you'd have to bring him to Beitin, and the rules of Kanaot, of zealotry, don't apply. And therefore, there Rachmanut he says, also knew that he was trying to do the right thing. Okay, so so according to the according to the Shemi Shmuel, I think you know just to summarize just to summarize the idea. It's not clear what Cosby was doing. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not uh, uh, clear what was happening, whether he thought that he was joining the enemy or that he thought that he had uh, uh, changed her way of thinking about things. And therefore, therefore the Kana'ut of Pinchas even though it was certainly done for the good of Am Yisrael, may have been may have been misplaced, and therefore the fact that B'nai Yisrael or some elements of B'nai Yisrael wanted to put him into a cherem, wanted to put him into cherem, makes sense. So I think that uh, I think I think that both the Nitziv and the Shem Mishvur, the Shem Mishvur is a little more complicated. Both of them are trying to say to us, try to explain to us, that zealotry is always problematic. What seems to be simple and obvious sometimes to some people, but not to others, should always be investigated further and further. It's very hard to know. And therefore the system, the system tells us that if you go to a Beit Din, and the Beitin says Chayav, Chayav. And the Beitin says Patur, he's Patur. Even though on some level there's no way for the Beitin to know what happened, you know. But the Torah says, the Torah teaches us, Abishnaim Eidim Yakum That comes from the Torah, it doesn't come from Secha. Because everybody understands that two witnesses can lie just as one witness can lie. Two witnesses can make uh, can be unclear, just as one witness can be unclear. Nevertheless, the Torah says this is the system. The Torah says God will protect that system. But zealotry, zealotry, there, there's no system. 
it's just it's just the you know a person who has an opinion. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't work out. So that that uh, God said that in this case, in the case of Pinchas, there was Mesirat Nefesh. Even though he may have done the wrong thing, he did it for the right reason. And therefore God awarded him Briti Shalom, the peace that Aaron Hakohen of course is famous for. And Aaron after all, he did the same thing. When the people came to him and said, let's make a golden calf. So Aaron HaKohen said, how much time is left till Moshe Rabbeinu comes? We'll build it. We'll build it slowly. And maybe people, maybe people will, will take advantage of the fact that we're doing it slowly. But it, it didn't work out. But, but Aaron HaKohen, like Pinchas after him, wanted to do something for the benefit of B'nai Israel, even though it itself seems to be a treacherous road to, to go upon. And so uh, Aaron HaKohen was rewarded. He was rewarded with, uh, with the Kuhuna, with, the, with becoming the Kohen Gadol. And for the same reason, Pinchas was rewarded with Brit Shalom, which is associated with Aaron HaKohen, which enabled him to become one of the family of Kohanim. All the best.